Welcome to the UFTA Podcast. Hosted by Emily O'Connor and Jordan Rudolph. The UFTA Podcast brings you a surprisingly fresh take on everyday topics in health, fitness, and everything in between. We want to open the door to explore new information and new solutions in a way that's easy for you to understand and apply to your own life. Let's get into today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the UFTA Podcast, Season 2, Episode 10. I'm Jordan Rudolph. We are diving further and further into the season, and I don't know if we're going to let up anytime soon for the holidays, but uh, we'll see where this goes. Once again, and always, I am joined with Coach Emily O'Connor, Coach Extraordinaire, Coach Emily O'Connor. Em, how are we doing this morning? I am not too bad. How about yourself, Jordan? I'm doing well. We, uh, we're here on a Sunday morning, which is... Again, we're just throwing this podcast stuff all over the place for right. schedules, which is which is fun. Um, one of these days, we'll, t- we'll we'll hone in on a time that works best for us. Uh, Sunday morning, uh, week ish prior to this releasing, mm-hmm. and we are once again joined with a new special guest, uh, a local community guy, uh, born and raised in Lacrosse, yep. and he's still in Lacrosse, and he's doing a lot of things uh, for the city, for the community and for future people, and you'll find out more about that as we dive into today's episode. He is the owner, with his mom, of Primitive Parlor uh, and Barbershop downtown Lacrosse on the corner of 2nd and Main. He is a boxing coach, and he's also the drummer of Dead Amsterdam. There's our shameless plug. I love it. Yeah. Right off the jump. Yeah. <laughs> now the guys can't be mad. If you guys don't know who it is by now, his name is Levi Tanner. Levi, welcome very, to the show, man. Very happy to be here. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this will be fun. So, uh, a lot of people are probably wondering, wow, this guy's not a physical therapist, he's not a chiropractor, he's not a trainer, why is he on the show? <laughs> and it's one of those things, when you and I first talked, so the other joke about this is, uh, Levi and I just saw each other on Wednesday and we were kind of getting ready for the show, and he said it'll be weird to see the front, uh, the, like your face. Yeah, I'm used to talking to the back of your head every time we're hanging out, so it's nice to get to look at you. And he recognizes everybody that way. Exactly. That's yep. <laughs> where the majority of his time is spent. Uh-huh. Um, so here we are doing the show, but we've done, I think I started coming to you two years ago. Probably maybe. about two years it was, ago or It was so post-COVID. Now. Yes, yeah. I think it was, or mm-hmm. like somewhere in between there, or like yeah. right before it, one of the two. It might have been right before it. Um, and we when we got to know each other more and more and then when em, you and I started doing this podcast mm-hmm. we wanted season two to be about the people um, specifically more trying to get through our community and they didn't have to be about fitness but we wanted to have stories that we could share with the community that maybe fitness kind of helped improve them or what people can relate to yeah yeah and when we started talking about your journey I'm like dude this would be good on a podcast. <laughs> and then I was lucky, or we were lucky enough, uh, grateful enough that we caught you uh, where you've never done this before. This is your first. This is my first go at it. Yeah, nice. yeah. So hopefully now we'll we'll get your story out and get more out and you can talk more about like just dead Amsterdam and one. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for coming on, man. This is yeah. this is going to be a fun episode and I'm, I'm ready to dive in. Um, and I'm excited to dive in because I think there's going to be some stuff in here that I don't even know anything about. Uh, but let's just start with you. Let's just start with you. You were, you were born and raised in the cross. I was, yeah. Um, kind of just tell us about like the path. Mm. Like, how are you now the owner of Primitive Parlor, one mm-hmm. of the owners with your mom? Yeah. Um, what led you there, and then what led you to, like to the boxing coach? Yeah, yeah. 
two kind of intertwining things. So um, I started cutting hair. My mom's done hair since before I was born. So there's always kind of clippers around and stuff like that. And I think my buddies assumed that I knew how to cut hair because she did. So it's kind of fake it till you make it. And I was cutting all my buddies on the wrestling team or football team and stuff, doing little designs. And then I started kind of getting the hang of it like freshman, sophomore year. So my mom's like, well, I'm gonna capitalize on that. So she set me up a little, she kind of was grooming me into it without really pushing me into it. She's like, hey man, I'll get you a station. So she set me up a cool station in her basement. I was cutting everybody from school and stuff like that, five, 10 bucks, a little extra cash. I never really thought about doing it for a living. And then I graduated high school and signed on with a bricklaying company. And I'm way too little to carry brick. It was not my thing. So I tried it for about a year and a half. And I'd come home on the weekends and cut all my buddy's hair and stuff. And then I came home on Saturday and my mom's like, you know, you really want to do this? I was like, absolutely not. What do we do now? So she called me the next day. She's like, you have an appointment to check out the Salon Academy tomorrow. Wear a nice shirt and don't be drunk. I was like, okay, let's try it. So, <laughs> so I went and checked out the school, loved it, called my boss that night. And then uh, said I was going to be a barber. I'm not coming back. And he's like, well, when that doesn't work out, you can definitely come back. I'm like, I won't, but we'll give it a go. Yep. So I started school a couple weeks later um, at the Salon Professional Academy in Alaska. And then uh, about two months before I graduated, I knew that I didn't want to work at like a salon or anything like that. So me and my mom were at Breakfast Club downtown. Mm -hmm. And there was a for lease sign on the building that we have now in the corner. Yeah. She's like, well, what are we going to do? And I was like, I don't know. So we sat down and had a couple dozen beers and we we're like, all right, let's see. <laughs> so we, uh, we went and checked the place out. We called them. And I remember her saying, like, you're going to have to do five haircuts a day to keep the door open. I was like, I don't know that many people. I'm like, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. And kind of just took a leap of faith. So I graduated in March 2016. And we were working on we were working on it a couple months before that. And then we ended up opening in June. So just kind of happened. Pretty quick turnaround. Super quick. And it started as just me and her. And then slowly we've just been building and adding more barbers. And... We've had a couple of massage therapists and estheticians and just kind of switching through, seeing who fits really well. And we've got a really good team now. There's 10 of us there and we've got an 11th starting in January. Damn. Yeah. How, many, how many, so I just met the other new guy Wednesday. Yep. How many barbers do you have? We've got me, Jack, Jordan. We've got four right now. And then Jesse, our fifth will be starting soon. Okay. And then you have... Uh, do you have any massage or estheticians there right now? Not right now. We've been thinking about doing an esthetician. We've had a couple that have approached us, we just don't have, we tore out a couple walls, we used to have mm -hmm. like some more rooms and stuff, more privacy for that. And yeah. We've taken those out and kind of created studios for the barbers and stuff. Sure. So possibility in the future, mm -hmm. but for now, just, just sticking with hair, sticking with what we know. Yeah, well, I mean, you guys are phenomenal at it too. Thank so, you. So that helps. Yeah, um, yeah. I wouldn't keep coming back if, if you weren't. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we had a couple members here, uh, Aaron. Oh, yeah. Uh, who's probably going to be listening. Big shout out and, there, Aaron. Yeah, and um, who was the other one? Darren. Darren, uh, Darren Witt. Yeah. He, yep. he was bartending at Turtle Stack at the time, and uh -huh. they were both like screaming at me like, you have to go see Levi. You have to go see Levi. fantastic. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. And and finally I did, um, and I'm glad I did. Uh, so, I, like, you guys own that down there. Yep. Um, and, and that's kind of the story how Primitive Parlors, where it's at today. Mm -hmm. Talk about the boxing side of things, because that's where... Uh, we can kind of intertwine these a little bit, but mm -hmm. also that's where when you and I started talking about that where I was like, damn, like I can see now where yeah, the stuff and that was kind of a crazy go. So I was always into sports and stuff like that as a kid and I was 
kind of an angry kid growing up. I, I, I held it together pretty well, and I functioned really well in school and stuff like that. But I just kind of always had that a little bit of angst to me. And I was always getting in fistfights and stuff like that, just for a little bit if the wind blew too far to the left. Um, so when I was in seventh grade, my parents split up and my dad left. And I was didn't really have an outlet for that anger or anything like that. And I was on the wrestling team and football team and stuff like that. <clears throat> and I started getting in more fights in school and I couldn't really get to the base of why. I was just an angry kid. And I was really close with my principal at the time. Um, her name was Miss Shorter. She was amazing. So I got in a fight and I got suspended from school. And I remember the meeting where she's like, with me and my mom, so like, you gotta find this kid an outlet or something, or he's gonna go down a bad path, or he's gonna hurt somebody, or something like that. And there was Fourth Street Boxing Gym in Rochester at the time. It's been torn down since, but it was great. The pro gym, they're awesome. So she started taking me to the boxing gym just to try to get me an outlet, and like, I never really intended to go anywhere with it. It was I just kind of wanted to punch the bags around and stuff. And I started getting the hang of it and fell in love with it like immediately. And I've got, I got my first sparring session, I got absolutely mopped up. They started calling me Tomato Head afterwards because I bled so bad. But it was just one of those things where I remember getting home and my mom's like, is that it? Like, are we are we done? And I like, something in me, I was like, no, like, I, I never want that to happen again. Like, right. what do we do now? And it, it just kind of progressed. So I was training there because we, gosh, I should preface that by saying when we were, when I was in third grade, we, I moved to Rochester, Minnesota. Okay. And then right before freshman year of high school, we moved back because my mom's family's here. So I boxed there for a couple of years, um, met my stepdad, who's amazing right now, and he was boxing professionally at the time. So I couldn't stand him at first. Like my eighth grade year, we really butted heads. And then uh, he started coming to the gym with me at a fight coming up. And I was like, I don't want to do it. And he was inviting me. So we lived pretty close to the gym, about a mile away. So he would drive to the gym and I would jog to the gym, just kind of like that little, like, mm -hmm. get at him a little bit. And I, I remember he was finally, he's like, let's go to the gym. We're going to check it out together. And then after that, it was like instant. He's been like my best friend since then. So that was kind of a cool thing that me and him always had Super while I was cool. younger. Yeah. And then we moved back here right before my freshman year of high school. And I met a guy named Rick Peterson who was coaching fighters on the north side. It used to be called the gym. Now I think it's called Iron Physique. Oh, yeah. Out there, yeah. Yep. So we had a good little boxing team there. I met a lot of really great guys. And he'd take me around at bar guys. We'd do nothing too crazy, box little shows, little events and stuff like that. I never did, like, nationals or pro or anything like that. But I was always fighting people, and I always wanted to spar. I was, like, basically like a gym rat. I'm like, I just want to fight everybody. I didn't care who it was. <laughs> and... Uh, I was doing that through high school and then I had a sparring session, I believe it was the beginning of my senior year, and I felt super weird after it. I like didn't know what was going on. I got home, my mom picked me up, I remember Rick called her, she's like, you should come get Levi, something was just not right, and I just remember not being able to think right. And I got home and like laid down in my bed and ended up having a seizure just from oh. getting my head boxed in too much. So I was in the hospital on and off getting CT scans. I had to do physical therapy for like my inner ears. My um, equilibrium started getting a little messed up. So my mom's like, dude, you're not boxing anymore. There's no way. So I took a couple years off and I got my nose rebuilt. Um, so I wasn't always this average looking. Handsome. I, used to, I used to be cute. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I took some time off and then kind of intertwines with the um, haircutting stuff. I met a guy named Manny Cornezos. He's one of the best guys I've ever met. He's amazing. He was coaching at Lions Den in Winona, helping out with the youth boxing and stuff like that. He was just kind of getting into it. And uh, 
he asked me, we were always talking about boxing, you know, reliving the glory days. I'm like, I used to box, you know. And uh, he's like, well, I got some guys that would like some sparring rounds. Are you still sharp? I was like, hell no. I'm like, I've been cutting hair. I'm not sharp at all. I was like, give me like a month or so. I'll try to get back in somewhat of shape. So, uh, yeah, I was not taking care of my body too well at that time. And I got up there and like immediately fell in love with it again. So I was going up there every couple of weeks and sparring with them. And then about two and a half years ago, he told me what we were there. He's like, hey, just kind of on the down look, I'm opening a gym he's been working really he like went head first and he had a great job he's like i'm quitting that i'm starting a boxing gym would you be interested in coming and coaching i was like absolutely i was like 100 percent. so i would follow that guy to the moon so he started longevity in winona so i started out kind of just like interim i'd sit in on classes and run mitts and stuff like that and then just like refell in love with it and it's almost more rewarding now like coaching and helping people get ready to fight and stuff like that than it was when i was fighting because it's you see them get excited on it. It's like, dude, like I can teach you that. Like it's amazing. It's such a cra- crazy thing, and you just see people develop and like walk with more confidence, and it's it's pretty amazing. So I'm very fortunate. I get to help out at Longevity with Manny, and then uh, I got another buddy. Name's Jason Jones, who's um, doing some great stuff with Driftless down here. A lot of the guys came over from Ironworks and stuff like that. So I've been fortunate enough to sit in help those guys out a little bit, kind of get them rolling. They're doing some crazy cool remodeling and stuff right now. It's pretty awesome. And they'll do youth, they do seniors, a little bit of everything in between. So I'm just kind of making the rounds now. So I don't know if I'll ever fight again, but uh, Add it's definitely- Add to your list. Yeah, it's definitely definitely <laughs> not off the table completely, but I'm very happy where I am right now. And it, it keeps me sharp and honest too. So I get to, I know I sparred twice last week and stuff like that, where I still get to get in the ring and stay involved enough, but I don't have to cut weight for fights or anything. So it's pretty awesome. It's a good spot to be in. Good gig, yeah, good gig. Yeah, it's a nice gig. And in between running a business, doing hair, doing all that, you find time somewhere in there to be in a band. Yeah, sprinkle that in there. You guys have done some pretty good stuff with the band too. You've had some big shows, yeah, especially recently over the last couple months. It's been an amazing summer. Yeah, it took off quick. Um, I played in band, a band called Mama's Boys through high school and stuff like that, and we threw it together. So my mom was turning forty. Sorry, mom, if you're listening. It was a while ago. Um, (laughs) So my my stepdad he sang in bands when he was in college and stuff, and my I played drums. I played percussion and stuff in middle school which is kind of a whole other kind of fake it till you make it story. Mm-hmm. Um, so we wanted to throw a little band together for my mom's 40th birthday. We were having a party in Hoka for her. And uh, I sat in on drums-ish. I hadn't really played drum set before. My little brother played guitar. So he they had another drummer in mind, and uh, he kind of bailed last minute. So Lawton, my little brother, told Justin, he's like, well, Levi can play drums. And he's like, you, you know how to play drums? I was like, yeah, man, for sure, I can play drums. And I, I'd, like, read some snare sheets and done, like, some snare drum stuff for Drumline, but that was it. And I was dating a girl at the time whose dad used to be a drummer, and he had this little drum set in his, like, loft above his garage. It was a little first act kit. I know the cymbal was held on by a drumstick. It like, super sketchy. <laughs> so he let me have that, which was awesome. And I practiced a couple weeks and sat in and somehow they said I could be the drummer. So I was like, all right, perfect, it'll work. Yeah. So our goal was just to play with, uh, play for my mom's birthday, and it went well, so we started just playing little like smokers and beer tents and stuff like that. And when my little brother went to college, I kind of thought um, that band kind of disbanded. I was like, I don't know if I'll play drums again. So still had a kid, and I was playing along to rap songs in the basement, and then I met Joel, our singer from my band Now Dead Amsterdam, 
a few years later, like 2018 or so. And uh, he was asking me for months, if he's listening to this, he's gonna be like, you're such a dick. But this where I was like, I don't know if I wanna be in a band. And he was always, anytime I'd see him at a bar or anywhere, he's like, dude, are you gonna be my drummer? What are we doing? And I found, I was like, all right. I was like, we'll try it, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> and so it was him and Shane, our bassist right now. And they had played in a band before together. And they were like best buds. I'm like, all right, I feel like I'm like, trying out to be a friend more than anything. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, I don't really know what we're gonna do with it. And then we got together like the beginning of, or the end of 2019, we started kind of rolling in the beginning of 2020. And we were getting ready, we are like, we'll get some shows going. We started to get some material up and some covers and then COVID happened. And I was like, well, there's not really an opportunity. Maybe we should try writing our own stuff. And it worked out pretty well. And this last year we've got some pretty decent sized shows. Surprisingly, it's been a blast. You know, we opened for Puddle of Mud, Hinder, Texas Hippie Coalition, Blacktop Mojo, a couple bands that I really look up to and mm -hmm. I was big fans of like growing up and it's just such a trip. Mm -hmm. and it's worked on all, every single one of them has been so cool. Every yeah. band's been like really uplifting and like really generous with their time and everything. So it's it's been amazing. So yeah, it's been all cool. of those like, the hair story alone is pretty cool. <laughs> The boxing stories alone is pretty cool. <laughs> the band stuff alone is pretty good, right? Like all of those are, are sweet yeah. stories, and it's kind of cool that you can just go and kind of replay it, take us down that road with it all. They there, there's a few moments there, uh, maybe more. Like they've been all of them. There's been like a figure, or there's been like a, uh, you know, whatever way we want to spin this of like fate, universe, um, <laughs> how things have worked out where. Like you had, you had a figure in uh, a moment where you were doing the hair stuff, mm -hmm. and that kind of took you over the edge. Yeah, there's a figure or, or figures in the boxing side of things with your stepdad and Manny, mm -hmm. took you over the edge. And then there's Joel, in the music side of things, along with your stepdad. Yeah. Like there's there's been moments where, um, I think what I'm trying to get to here is that there's opportunities in people's lives that if you're not open to them or looking for them. Uh, or too bullheaded or too stubborn or too just closed and maybe even like in a little bit of a negative mind space uh you don't take those up yeah. and a lot of times in health and fitness there's a lot of that right in front of you where if someone's not paying attention like they they pass it yeah right mm -hmm. and and i think the cool then I'm, I'm gonna bring i'm gonna keep bringing this full circle there's like layers to this shit yeah. right uh you've had those moments there and you remember their names and you're grateful for them and you brought them all up and then it's kind of going down the, the realm of like uh is this like there's moments where like if you would have turned and went the other way mm -hmm. you're you, like is primitive parlor a thing is uh you being a boxing coach a thing is you being in a band a thing yeah right like 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 but you chose that way yeah there's a lot of times in health and fitness too where i think people uh, em and I see it on a daily basis where they where they're confronted with a hardship yeah mm -hmm. and instead of like fighting through it or being willing to stand up against it they mm -hmm. just turn back they just take a step back go away they go back to being comfortable comfortable yeah mm -hmm. and that's maybe that's the whole thing right people are comfortable and and, and it kills them yeah tortures them one, mm -hmm. one of my biggest things with like my fighters or any other thing that I'm doing like that I've always been a really big fan like I've always kind of found comfort in being uncomfortable if that if that makes sense like it's a lot easier to take the comfort route or something like that and I've always found just through kind of personal trial and error that 
the outcome of the uncomfortable is usually pretty positive. And even if you, even if it doesn't work out how you're intending it to, like, there's a lesson to be learned, you know? So every time, if I'm faced with an option or this or that, it's like freaking out. Like being on a podcast is a new thing to me, but it's, it's just something new and it, taking those opportunities to let yourself be uncomfortable usually pay off pretty well. I'm a big fan. The opportunities are there and, and that's, like that mindset alone is what we try to coach people on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think you said it best, like even if it's not the outcome that you really want from the situation, you still can take something away from that. So kind of reflecting on that negative, even if it is a negative outcome and saying like, hey, okay, I know that, but I learned XYZ from that exactly. situation. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know if you knew this, but you're also talking to a Buffalo Bills fan. Oh, they have, right, a big, right. they have a big, yeah. they have a big game today. I just have to, bring, I have yeah. to, I have to oh, just bring boy. that up to just play keep the throwing, Vikings. Well, that's gonna be good, huh? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I have to keep throwing daggers at her. I have to keep <laughs> just jabs, just throwing a little yeah. shade, a little Don't salty forget. after the loss. I forgot to, <laughs> I forgot to tell you that. Ahead yeah. of that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Still waiting for the Packers season to start. Was, yeah, right. got to bring that in too. <laughs> just starting a little slow. Get the game against the Cowboys today. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So going back to that too, like the. The, the, the choices you made to choose uncomfortability, right? Yeah. And those are on, I mean, they're on relevant topics that affect our health and fitness. They're, and, and, and if people just take the moment, instead of getting emotional and, like, too crazy and worked up about it, they just take the moment to realize, like, what's in front of them, mm-hmm. right? And, 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 like, there were several crossroads there you had in each story that, like, you chose uncomfortable. You <laughs> yeah. chose uncomfortably chose. You yeah. chose. Like you left a brick laying and <laughs> like I'm just imagining you like calling your boss like, yeah, I'm gonna go be a barber. Like I'm gonna yeah. I'm and just wondering where he's at, like what? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> you wanna think yeah. about it? All right, dude, you can come back, man. Long well, and then that. it says a lot too, like you can always come back. There's always gonna be a spot for you. Yeah. Here. And you're kinda of, and and it was already like that quick when you chose to call him. You even said like you even knew the words like, Yeah, I'm not. Like I won't be. Yeah. Right? Like you knew and then and then that kinda of leads me then to the confidence part of it. Fake it till you make it. Like we tell that to our coach, our new coaches here when they come in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, hey, we know you might not be up to speed with what you see Emily or I do or another coach here that's done, or you might be meeting new people and being thrown into scenarios, but you were hired here for a reason. Mm-hmm. Right? You you we, we 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 know that you have the abilities to do this and we know that you're smart, we know that we, we like you, you share similar values, we know you want to help people. Yeah. Uh, so you might have to fake it till you make it a little bit to get confidence. And mm-hmm. for those of you that don't know anything about confidence, that is actually like a strong recommendation on how to build confidence. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Like people are like, oh, I need to search for it. It's just like motivation. People are like, oh, I need to wait and search for it. I need to find it. And it's like, that's not how it's done. You build it by doing. Exactly. Confidence is built kind of by, by doing, doing it. Yeah. Like, yeah. You just got to work on it. You just got to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, now you're going to be rattling off podcasts left and right. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I think the fake it till you make it thing is a big thing too. And people, a lot of people don't want to feel uh, vulnerable, uncomfortable. Yeah. Right? They don't want to go from something that they've done a year and a half to now doing something completely brand new that you've dabbled in, but like, I'm going to go cut hair. Like, I'm mm-hmm. going to be a barber. Um, to like in here where we're... we're we're asking them to make a change in their nutrition. We're asking them to make a change in their sleeping habits. We're asking them to do like a fitness thing or get a new habit. And like, well, I don't know how. Like, I know you don't know how, mm-hmm. but we're not going to not know how until you do. Exactly. So let's yeah. just start small mm-hmm. and build into that. It's not like you, well, I guess you kind of did. You, what did you say? You 
found the space in May and then you opened it up in June. Yeah. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I think it was a jump. Yeah. Things happen pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, but I think there's still some power to fake it. So you make it like you get the reps in, you get the experience in, you, you get a little bit, you, your feet wet a little bit. Like, yeah. And that's where it starts. Mm-hmm. And every single thing that you said there is like you started with like a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and just kind of got going mm-hmm. with it all. You started with five $10 haircuts with your buddies. You started with uh, channeling, being able to channel kind of your uh, anger, if you will, mm-hmm. towards an outlet yeah. uh, to help you just be normal. Uh, on the outside of not having that being there. Yeah. Um, and I don't mean to say like anger's not normal, it is, but uh, you not having to worry about that channeling or outletting out in something else. Yes. And you learn how to do that. And then on the band side of things, like, oh, I'm here, I know how to play drums and we're going to do this gig. Just like, going to give it a go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And now look at it, like all of those things are a career for you, mm-hmm. essentially. Yeah. <laughs> Which is it's awesome. Like even three careers. Yeah. <laughs> trying to balance. Just yeah. Trying to stay ahead of it. Well, it's like you and I, you and I always talk to cutting hair, like how's it going? Like all go, no slow. All go, no slow. Yeah. It's about my favorite thing. I think that every morning, like all go, no slow. Let's yeah. get through the day and we can rest tomorrow. You yeah, know? yeah. 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 And, and you love what you do. Absolutely. And you're great at what you do and you're getting, but you're not settled with like, that's good enough. Like you're always getting better at what you do. All about progression. Yes. yes. And you know that those steps are also going to be looking for that uncomfortable moment to like come in and do different stuff. Mm-hmm. So I, I, what, I'm, what I want the listeners to understand from a health and fitness standpoint, and again, I'm coming at this from four different angles, I think now, like that confidence in those moments uh, that require a little bit more courage or maybe diving into the fear to build courage mm-hmm. are there. And and if people don't, if they get emotional and they don't want to do it, like they just don't want to do it, but you can't expect uh, the, the, like the, the power of, of the outcome of the life that you want outside of that yeah. if you're not willing to go in and do that. Absolutely. That's the biggest thing. Emily and I have talked about this multiple times before, and we actually had a, so. yeah, a full podcast episode on it one time where we did like a Q&A, and someone's like, what's the most frustrating thing about being a coach? And we both, we, we this was unrehearsed. This was, I think, asked during the show, or it was like, maybe you saw it. I don't I didn't see it. I, when you I asked it. I don't remember, yeah. Yeah. I, had never I think it was from a member, from on the floor that It was morning. from a member, yeah. yeah. So I knew the question ahead of time, but yeah. I didn't tell you until we were, like, already rolling. Yeah, and we both said the exact same thing. Like, this was unrehearsed, and it was, what's the most frustrating thing for you as a coach with your people? And it was to see people get in their own way. Absolutely. Like, like you were so close to making that change. Right there. And you chose to go back to comfort, or you chose to, right, you chose otherwise. Hold back. Um... Well, now this is leading me into the fifth layer of this. You mentioned this about the boxing side of things where you get to work with these, uh, is it mostly kids? So I work with, usually I'll, I'll do the kids stuff. We do kids classes, we call yeah. them the littles and stuff like that. Little so stuff. I was working with them a little bit. I love working with kids. I have three younger brothers, so I was always like, my youngest brother's. he just turned 13, so I kind of always had, I've been like his uncle. Yeah. Or he's just like my little buddy. But I've always had an affinity for kids. They're just awesome, just rad little humans. So it's cool. And then call them bobbleheads in boxing and stuff like that. Because it's like you get the headgear out of them and bouncing around. Their gloves are up to their elbows. And it's pretty awesome. See, the, yeah, they just got bobbleheads, bop around. But yeah, I've always loved with working with kids. They're hilarious. So I work with the youth a little bit. And then that kind of progressed. So now I'll get in there and spar with some of the bigger guys, stuff like that, or the college age or fight age and stuff like that but yeah I always got like a spot in my heart for kids they're just hilarious yeah so you yeah. go from you go from kids to basically adults yep like all the way through yep yeah, yeah. and then cool. uh, longevity actually started doing recently um working with people with Parkinson's it's 
Oh, pretty, that's awesome. It's pretty amazing. He did a bunch of re- he's really like deep dive into yeah. like anything if he's doing he's going all the way. So he was reading some research on boxing and punching helping with um, especially men with Parkinson's and stuff like that. So he does a class every week. I haven't been fortunate enough to sit in on it yet. But he said it's pretty amazing and he sent videos of these guys that they're having a hard time functioning or controlling muscle movements yeah. and stuff like that. And they'll get in there and well, he'll hold mitts for them or they're hitting the bag and it's like laser focus. It's that's sweet. Amazing. That, that, that's it's, cool. It's amazing. We'll we'll uh we'll plug Manny we'll plug longevity in. Definitely. He's doing some pretty amazing stuff. I know yeah. he's doing a lot of community work and stuff like that. He's yeah, if I'm a go getter, he's done it ten times over, you know. He's he's really doing a lot of amazing stuff. Cool guy to be around. Yeah. Um and like your stepdad, Manny, um, your mom, like you've kinda had mentors or coaches all the way through. Yeah. And and now you uh, you said that back in like like it's one of my favorite things to do. You have a chance to now be like a mentor or coach to kids to the you know, like like everybody. Talk about that a little bit on yeah. um, just that experience alone and being able to kind of pay it forward, if you will. But that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Um, I think like growing up as a kid, that's never really a thought or teaching or anything like that because you're just learning everything, just making memories at mm-hmm. that point, really. And then I think I struggled a lot. So when my parents split up when I was in like in between seventh and eighth grade or so, my dad just kind of went, he was just gone. So he left me and my three brothers. So I was always kind of thriving or like searching for that, especially male, like guidance, like that mentorship. And apart from like the, the boxing and like the band and stuff, my stepdad, he was amazing, but he was pretty hands off, which I think was definitely for the best in hindsight, just so he didn't, he didn't really come in like a wrecking ball. He was always just kind of like those the the bumper rails. So if I started getting too far one way, he's like, "Now nah, we're gonna we're gonna keep your your hands busy or your brain busy and stuff like that." So I think I was always searching for that kind of that male guidance. So I've always kind of attached myself to anything like that. If there's like a male figure that's like, "Hey, do you want to do this?" or "I can teach you this or that," I always like I really grasped onto that heavy because mm-hmm. I think it was just kind of trying to fill that spot that I was I was missing as like a young man, you know. You're, 14, 15 is a pretty important time in a kid's life to try to figure out how to be a man by himself. Yeah. So uh, I was always like reaching for that now that I've got that life experience through my mentors and stuff like that and people guiding me where I'm at the point now where I, I see younger kids especially that are like going through a little hard time or they're really wanting to learn something or put that energy towards something positive. I'm like, get over here. I'm like, I want to teach you everything, you know? So I think it, it, it kind of came from a place of need yeah, and now it's still kind of a need for me. It's like I don't know if like subconsciously I want to like set the scale straight or whatever. It's like I want to be like a, an overly good influence or really like push you almost to the point of like like you can do this. Like you have to do this, you know, yeah. or you're you're gonna regret it forever. So it's really it's really cool to be able to kind of be on the other end of the spectrum and try to do it right. For, yeah, for people. And I think just because of how you said what you just said, the way you do it will make like that makes you the great mentor and coach for them too like we try to have that too and you've noticed you, you said something there too where like well i kind of notice if the kid's getting a little close to the bumper or the kids the other guy's getting a little close to the bumper mm-hmm. we can see that on the floor too with people and their training or their fit their nutrition whatever it is and then it might be sometimes where like we assign head coaches here when when people join mm-hmm. and that head coach is responsible for making sure the person's on track checking in program design uh, just kind of taking care of the person. They're almost like their lead contact, if you will, when yeah. they come in. Yeah. But it doesn't mean they're not getting coached or feedback from the other coaches. Mm-hmm. So I think one of the coolest things that happens here is when, like if I have 
two or three people that I'm pretty much responsible for, but I only get to see once, maybe a week. They might work with Emily or Ryan or mm-hmm. Brantley twice a week. Mm-hmm. And they see them more than I do. They talk to them more than I do. <laughs> mm-hmm. But they can kind of tell, or I can kind of tell, depending on where they're at, like if they're off a little bit, and they might kind of add in, not, not necessarily, I don't mean to say like they're two cents, but they can kind of know like, hey, come in here for a second. Like I want to, I want to. Touch wanna, base. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think that you're just in moments now, right now, it sounds like you can just do that and you kind of notice it. And some of it's because you've been through it, mm-hmm. right? And some of it's because you've also helped several other people through it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Right? laughs> Giants. Give it from both ends. Yeah. And I've always been a pretty, I, I've been fortunate enough where I've been in my younger adult life around really empathetic male figures and female figures as well and stuff like that where you kind of picked and I've noticed things that they've picked up from me that I've been doing or my emotional state stuff like that where they've been in tune with it and noticed that I'm like wow like I didn't even notice that I was feeling like that so Mm -hmm. just kind of taking those trips like okay when they stepped in how was I feeling and then you start kind of noticing little things in people that the chin's a little bit lower when they walk in the door stuff like that and it's just like kind of that immediate like you want to help, but you want to let them work through it by themselves and stuff like that. But you almost pick up on that stuff really quick yep. working with people or even my clients. I'll have clients that I cut for years and I can usually tell how they're doing right when they walk in the door. Just they have just a little bit different walk or even on like the positive too, if something's good. It's pretty, working with people is pretty amazing because you start picking up on stuff like day to day, walking down the street, like you'd never think of that stuff. And yeah. then you get really close with somebody and you want them to do good and you're like investing a lot of your emotional support and time too. So then it's pretty easy to pick up on if they're, I think we notice before they think we notice type deal. For sure. Yeah. It's like, are you you good? I'm going to let you play it out. But it's like, even at like the end of like your guys' training session or or mine with the boxes stuff, it's like, I'll not never ask in front of other people, but it's like, are you good? Like, is there anything that you need or I could be doing better or anything like that? it's pretty cool. We're, we're, we're looking. We're always looking for new coaches here. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, if like, I get some time to add one more yeah, thing, yeah. I would love. To. You never know. You might love it. Make a career out of yeah, it. Yeah, right. <laughs> Take the jump. Yeah, but like what you just said there is, and I don't know if you even realize what you just said. Like Emily and I are kind of nerds when it comes to like research and like diving into professional personal development. Like you just said what a coach is right there. Mm-hmm. And, and that's all like just natural stuff. I don't know if you've even, if someone's told you that or if you've looked up a little bit more on the outside, but like, just pretty much life experience. Right. Really, yeah. That's what's awesome about it. And yeah. it's for the people, mm-hmm. right? It's for the people like, and you, and you, you get people and you want to help people from a genuine place mm-hmm. and be a positive influence or just make sure that they're better. And that's what I think we, uh, that we're probably like, holy shit, like he's saying the same things we are, doing the same things we are. Like, it's crazy. It's cool. And you do that from seeing the back of people's heads most of your day. Yeah, right? <laughs> right? I don't even need to look at their face when I talk to them. Right. <laughs> so you're picking up on that energy when they come in. Yeah, and, and 100%. That's what's cool, too, when you were saying that. And then also, like, if the person, they, they'll try to come in and mm-hmm. act like everything's all good. Mm-hmm. But we can tell. You can tell. Right? Like, yeah. Like that, yeah, they're putting it on heavier, that, that yeah, front's yeah. there. You can tell. The best is when they, like, as a coach, then we bring it up. Mm-hmm. And they kind of we do it like you said like kind of discreetly. Yeah, and they're like, it in. "What do you mean? Well, yeah, I'm doing okay." I'm like, "You sure though?" Like, you, you? and then they're kind of <laughs> like, "Yeah, like how did you pick that up?" Mm-hmm. It's like I care about you. Of course yeah. I picked it up. And that's know? the biggest thing. Like, we care about people. We want them to succeed. We want to help them kind of get uncomfortable just enough to know that they're not doing it alone. Exactly. Right. You always had those people there, and that's pretty much what you're telling people. Like, hey, I know you have to go through this on yourself, but I'm right here. Right here. You're never and, alone. Absolutely. That's awesome, man. I love it. Um, 
Em, you got anything over there after all this? Gosh, I don't know. I think I think what stands out to me um, is kind of what we just talked about, like with the thread through everything is like your true desire and like nature to want to be a positive influence on other people, even if it's like the band or the hair or the boxing coat like everything is just revolved around people Mm -hmm. so much and like jordan said like whether you set out to do that initially or they were just really cool experiences and then you got to weave all of them together yeah um i think is such a cool kind of common thread between everything that you've experienced done decisions you've made and everything like that yeah. It's pretty neat. It's sweet, man. I appreciate yeah. you guys. It's pretty cool. <laughs> That's like, we, call, we can call them haircut talks for everyone to talk about, but like there's, like I see you once every three weeks, mm-hmm. and then we, we can almost pick up on the same conversation that we had three weeks ago. Just like, like you just walked out. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, then there's just pieces of this that I've been getting over the last two, two and a half years, yeah. right? I'm like, dude, we got to like, we, yeah. we got to put this all together. Right. Yeah. And I'm learning all of this for the first time right now. Yeah. Which is, I was like, this is cool. Like, <laughs> that's what I was telling her, like, I got to get my hair cut every yeah. three weeks. I love it. When, I do not. But yeah. <laughs> when did I tell you? When did I tell you uh, about Leap? Was it like six months ago? Five, oh, it was, four a, months it was ago? like in the middle of season one. You were yeah. like, "Yeah, like, he's got to be on have, season two. We have to get like, Leap. Yeah. That was so cool. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just hearing all these pieces come together, and then of course my brain goes to like, and I start asking you questions, and you're just like, "Yeah, you just talk about it, man." Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm pretty so much cool. an open book, man. Yeah, and and we get to share the story with other people. Uh, I can relate in a in a few different ways, just from like the father figure. I I never had. Uh, I've never met my father. Never, uh, he passed away in 2006. Um, but I grew up with my mom and my sister, and my, my mom got married to my sister's dad, uh, who I was so young, and he was around, but I never really uh, was there enough and got along enough. Like he was there, yeah. Uh, and they they were divorced, and then it was kind of like, yeah, I'm, I'm always I'm just gonna go live with grandma and grandpa. Like there was stability there, and yeah. grandpa was my guy. Mm-hmm. Like that was the father figure, right? Yeah. And even when my sister's dad Jeff was involved. Grandpa was still there, always there. Mm-hmm. So it was always grandpa, grandpa, grandpa. And I lived with them. I moved in with them and lived with them until I was a freshman in high school uh, because then I got involved with more organized sports and I didn't want to have them picking me up from like 1030 outside of town at the from the high school, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't want to do that to them. Like they're 60s and I'm 65, <laughs> right? And I didn't want to make them feel yeah. like responsible. Like they raised four kids. Like they don't need to raise a yeah. fifth. Um, and that's also when I kind of became conscious but through that time of uh, freshman year second grade my, my my mom met her now husband and my stepdad Kurt and I call him more my dad often than not mm-hmm. um, but I think when I was a kid I had the father, father figure and grandpa and I didn't want Kurt to kind of take his spot yeah. so I always I always kind of butted heads with Kurt mm-hmm. yeah you kind of said when you were a kid like your stepdad did you it was times. just it was on me yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know one hundred percent yeah it was like hindsight's twenty twenty, but yeah, he tried. I mean, yeah. he tried to connect with me and my brothers and yep. stuff like that. I was like, no, yep. I'm good. Yep. I got a great mom. I'll yep. be all right, man. 100%. But yeah, that's, that's a tough, so I feel for, for stepdads or guys stepping in because that's a, that's a strange dynamic. I, mm-hmm. I don't have any children or anything like that, but mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine like stepping in to, yep. especially young boys. We're pretty hard-headed and getting in and it's like, how do you, how do you parent? without being overbearing and stuff like that. So yep. shout out to all the stepdads. You, sure. know, you guys are amazing. And that that's I was gonna say that too, like it was totally on me. And and now like Kurt's one of my best friends mm-hmm. and we, we talk a lot. We we and then and, and he's raised two boys, but he was thrust into a position where all of a sudden I'm what are you how old are you in second grade? Eight? 
seven, eight? Uh, maybe closer like, to like ten, but 10? yeah, nine maybe. Something like that. Yeah. So I like basically he meets me, it meets my mom, marries my mom, and then they're like, hey, Jordan's here, and I'm a ten year old. I'm like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like I've got grandpa. What's up, I've got buddy? grandma What's and I've got on? mom. Like yeah. Yeah, I'm good. You're new here, man. <laughs> and the coolest thing then, like if if there was a moment where you had to be stepped uh, put into a position of stepdad. You'd probably do well because of all the things that we just talked about. Yeah. Like, right? You'd just step right into it. I would it hope so. Yeah. Take it, take it, take it all in, man. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty cool. Um, what's, what's like the one thing that you think is like the most underrated uh, that a person can do for their health and fitness? Like, and, and maybe I'm asking this from a biased end because I think you and I have a very similar way of why we used fitness and it was to give us more confidence. Yes. And to help kind of give us a, a way to channel our stuff like into something, and then live confidently outside of that. Absolutely. Um, but is there is the, is it is that it, or is there something else out there? Ooh, that's a good that's a good question. That could get that could kind of go a couple ways. I think for me personally, um, kind of going back to that comfort and uncomfortability thing. It's just a like it's always given me more confidence, more mental confidence than everything with the fitness and stuff like that, mm-hmm. where it's like I start feeling bad about myself and it almost turns into like a vicious cycle. It's like, like I feel out of shape or I feel mentally not well. It's like, I don't want to work out cause it's going to be harder to get back into. And it kind of turns into this vicious cycle. So getting out of that comfortability and getting back into the gym or eating healthier, trying new things and stuff like that. It's always been more, better for my mental health and, and even my physical health and stuff like that. Cause you're, you look good, you're in shape, you feel good, you got your routine right, your body's functioning correctly because your diet's dialed in. Like mm-hmm. that, all that good things that you're putting in, that's that good stuff that you're putting out too. So it, it kind of comes full circle with, you know, look good, feel good, as kind of surface level as that seems. It's good for your mental health to feel good about how you're looking and stuff too. That's always been a big thing with me. I'm like, if I, I'll notice like a, a pretty, pretty immediate connection between my mental health and my physical health. But like, I'll, I'll start being bummy. I'm like, I just don't know what's going on. I'm not feeling like me lately. I'm like, I haven't been to the gym. Mm-hmm. I haven't put myself through anything lately. So it's like, if I'm not surrounded by chaos, I start creating it. <laughs> so it's like, if I'm... That's a hell of a quote right there. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, if, I, if I'm if i not putting my body through it, my, my brain starts putting my body through it. So I just stay consistent with it. And especially when you don't want to. And I tell a lot of my... my uh, I guess students at the boxing gym or even clients and stuff like that when it when it comes to the mental health side of it you start getting in that routine where it's like I'm not going to the gym I'm out of shape I'm kind of starting to deal with it in my head and stuff like that my biggest thing is just like changing that routine it doesn't have to be like a a big life-changing thing but every day change your routine up a little bit take a different way to work stop at a different quick trip for your coffee or start building on these little things every day that make these tiny little changes in your routine. And then after a couple months, your whole routines change new things, more positive things. So it doesn't need to be an immediate jump right into like, all right, I'm going to the gym five days a week. I'm eating this. I'm only drinking this. I'm not doing this, but just little things, switch out what you're drinking for a week, switch out what you're eating for a week, and then just slowly build into it. And then before you know it, you look good, you feel good. You're going to the gym, your routines change. That's my, my biggest thing is just switching that routine if it's not working for you. Love it, man. We, yeah. People listening from Unity Fitness, we did not pay Levi to say that. By the way, here's your $100. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, there's, zero, there's zero rehearsal of that question and that answer. Zero. He had the question. He didn't know I was going to ask that way. 
and I asked it that way so we could hopefully get something like that. <laughs> so that's pretty fucking awesome. <laughs> um, the uh, that was awesome. Like I, I want to go back and like take like just quotes of that and maybe make a T-shirt out of it. There was like two, two or three. Things. What was the chaos one? If you're, if I'm not, if I'm not, if surrounded, I'm not surrounded by, by chaos, chaos, I start creating it. Yeah, yep. That was sweet, man. Um, what's is is there like, is there one question that we shouldn't uh, that we didn't ask you and should have? Anything like that? You guys got it pretty much dialed in. You guys did great. We tried. Yeah, it was awesome. You're like number eight, so we've had yeah, a few we've few runs now. Right on. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Uh, tell people how they can get a hold of you or Primitive Parlor, or like we can do the other the other plug for for Dead Amsterdam. Like Ooh. plug it all in, man. Like we'll we'll post a lot of these things. We'll post Primitive Parlor. We'll post uh, Longevity. Okay. We'll post Driftless. Cool. Um, we'll get those things in the show notes. Uh, do you guys have a website for Dead Amsterdam too? You do, don't you? Uh, we're working on our actual website. We do have Facebook and Instagram Facebook, right yeah. now. Both of them are just Dead Amsterdam official. Yeah. And then I believe our email for show inquiries and stuff like that is just deadamsterdamofficial at gmail.com. Yeah, be surprised at who, like, we don't even realize who listens to this show, and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden we're hearing about it from, right? So they might be getting an email. Like, I hey. love it. Yeah, <laughs> shoot us a message. <laughs> so how, how do we find Primitive Parlor? So we are located at 200 Main Street. It's right on the corner of 2nd and Main Street, downtown La Crosse, right across from the big bank building. You're the big, big window. When you're walking down there, it's the big window with the big throne, the barber throne. That's Levi's throne. I'm the guy with the head tattoo standing in the window. <laughs> waving. <laughs> yeah, waving at everybody. I'm <laughs> yeah. so just happy to be there. Um, uh, you can get a hold of us, uh, phone number 608-799-1230 if you're looking to get your hair cut or book an appointment or any questions or anything like that. Um, yeah, we have an Instagram. We don't use much, but it's just Primitive Parlor Lacrosse. Yeah, and uh, you're Levi the Butcher and Levi the Butcher, yep. If you're looking to get a hold of me, I have all the links to my booking. If you want to check out my haircuts or my work, I'll post boxing and a lot of band stuff on there. It's just, On Instagram, it's just Levi the Butcher, and then Facebook is Levi Tanner. Yeah, yeah. And and um, and then long, like we'll put longevity with driftless on there too. Yep. Yeah. 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 So driftless is on Instagram. I'm not sure their handle name. I believe it. If you type in driftless academy, I think that, I'll look right now. Yeah. We'll plug them all in. Plug them in. Yeah. And that's gonna be right down. That's right on Sixth Street. Right Sixth on Sixth Street. Street. Yep. Yeah. By the big cathedral. Driftless. There we go. Um, a lot of driftless stuff here on the cross now. <laughs> Realize that driftless CrossFit, driftless recovery services, new that driftless skin skin uh, skin care. We'll find them. We'll find them. We'll find the people and we'll take them in there. But awesome. uh, I think the biggest thing is like thanks again for being on the show, man. Like I knew this was going to be good, but there was some deep stuff, like good Definitely. stuff, and for both, I think from a member standpoint, like someone's looking for health and fitness, and our members here. Mm-hmm. But this would be one that I would say, like, if we could figure out how to push it on leadership or, like, coaching podcasts, like, sharing it with them, like, that was awesome. Thank like, you. I got stuff out of this. <laughs> <laughs> we always do, but there was stuff in that. I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that was sweet, man. I appreciate the opportunity very yeah. much. Yeah. So for everybody else, uh, check the show notes if you want to get a hold of Levi um, or anybody over at his team at Primitive Parlor. Uh, when that website comes up, you can follow him right now on Instagram and, and everything else for his band. You can go catch him on, uh, on a show. He's the guy behind the throne in the back as well, uh, playing the drums. And uh, Or if you're getting into boxing, want to do something like that and win on lacrosse, check him out over there. Maybe you'll get him as a coach as well. Uh, other than that, Em, you got anything else? I think we're good. Thank you very much for coming on the show. It's Thanks fun. for having yeah. me. Yeah.
man, yeah, that was sweet. Much. Awesome. That was sweet, man. Happy to have you here. Happy to show you the gym and uh, happy to have more conversations about the show in the future. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, everybody else. Thank you so much for listening. As always, don't forget to, uh, do they call it like on the podcast uh, stuff? I think it's just like rate, rate review, subscribe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do all those things that Emily just Share. said. Share. Yeah. And that. Do them all because that helps us help you more and it helps us get to more people, which also helps you. Uh, we'll keep running with season two for a little bit here when we get through the holidays. Uh, we'll see what kind of happens. We might take a little bit of a break, but we have a lot of ideas in store for what we want to do with either season two or season three. Uh, so keep following along and helping us uh, get back to that top 100 in the Apple podcast that we were so close to in season one. Other than that, guys, we appreciate you listening. Thanks, everybody. Cheers. Bye. <laughs>